And boom, we're back for another episode of AlphaCast. I'm Mike Winter, and I'm here as always with the amazing Dr. Bear Paul Lando chilling in his Alchemist lab there, uh, his Spagyrics lab. Very, very cool. I love that you're streaming from there, Bear. And uh, it's definitely going to be a fun ride as we start to uh, explore uh, your um, lab more on uh, videos and such with our new private membership platform. So uh, I cannot wait for that. And uh, you can start to explain what the heck all those beakers and doodads behind you do. But uh, very, very cool. I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's... um, such an exciting time. Fall is trying to come in. Uh, We had three days of continual rain here up in the Smith River Valley. And guess what? Fire season seems to be over. So that's great. And uh, I know you guys had to go inside for a little bit and uh, need to get back outside to start harvesting again. And so um, that's going to be happening this weekend. And for those that um, are interested to know more about us, go to alphavedic.com. That's A-L-F-A-V-E-D-I-C.com. We talk about Jalgulan because that's what we grow on the farm. The immortality teas are available right on our store. It's a great way to support us. If you um, are into your vitality and health, I can't think of a better thing to drink uh, besides Brown's gas juice, which uh, I was uh, hitting this morning. So, uh, so excited for today's show because we will be going deep into primary water with Russell Anderson and Cosmic Sojourner. And Bear, I just wanted to say too, um, we are only three weeks out now for Music and Sky. Uh, We will sell out. If you guys are considering coming, get your tickets now. Use the uh, code ALPHAVEDIC to get $50 off your ticket. We do have a full uh, children's family camp uh, with the children's stage curated this year, heated pool. It's definitely more of a glamping situation than if if, uh, last year, if you were at the 4th of July event. So it's a little more upscale, farm to table, really fresh, vibrant food. And our guest today on the show will be speaking there. So um, that is wonderful. I cannot wait to uh, uh, sort of host that talk. That'll be Thursday night around the grand fire and a grand fire, indeed it is. Literally hundreds of people can fit around this fire. Uh, I can't think of a better venue for our guests today as we honor our our past and the elders that have come before us, the Native American tradition and all that. So we'll go deep into that more today. Bear Lando, anything else to cover before we bring our guests on? No, I I think that's great. Uh, Even though I won't be there at Music and Sky, unfortunately, uh, farm duties keep me kind of glued here. Uh, But that's okay. I love being here too. Um, But yeah, I'd encourage everybody to attend. We've met so many people that have joined our tribe through Music and Sky. And uh, just everybody comes back with uh, great experiential anecdotes. And uh, so I feel like I'm there with you in spirit every year. So uh, yeah, get out definitely are. You and yeah. Deb, you and Deb are are there above us, shining down, and you're holding down the fort too. So we very much appreciate that because that the core of music and sky, of course, was the Alpha Vedic family. It's really sprouted out of Alpha Vedic. The first year, I would say probably fifty percent, easily fifty percent of the attendees were literally from Alpha Vedic, and it's what's actually made it so special is that people are coming with this truth, love, and freedom 
aesthetic in their lives. They're bringing it to uh, music and sky. So it's not like this, you know, uh, kind of sporadic event where people are coming, you know, with different sort of mentalities. I'm coming to rage. I'm coming to, you know, just uh, find someone to heal me. People are coming with a, a, a sincere intention. They're bringing their light and they are taking care of their stuff. And yeah, we all have trauma and things to deal with and we come to help each other out, but it's really a sovereign event. In other words, people are coming that have their sovereignty intact and are coming to bring something to the table uh, as a community member. And I think that's what people resonate so much with the event is it's uh, it's a very powerful community. And, and, and a lot of that is due to you, Dr. Lando, Deb Lando, and everything we do at Alpha Vedic. So um, thank you so much. And uh, yeah, I look forward to hugging you all there. Josh Del Sol, we just added to, he's going to be doing an amazing Sunday talk about Christ consciousness and some other surprise guests coming too that we're going to add last minute. So, uh, okay, without further ado, we will get to our uh, guest today going deep into clear water vision, having the vision uh, for the future and for the present. On this special episode, we go deep into the primary source of life and consciousness in our realm water. Join Russell Anderson and Cosmic Sojourner today from Clearwater Vision and Bear and I as we dive deep into this important inspiring conversation. Did you know that there exists an abundant source of regenerating fresh water deep within the magmatic rocks of planet Earth? This water, often called primary water, is created from the molten magma plasma chemistry deep within the earth as it cools and crystallizes. Russell Anderson and Cosmic Sojourner are from Clearwater Vision, California, and that's clearwatervision.org. I will make sure that link is in the show notes below. No longer must we be fearful of water scarcity, but more importantly, it is time for us to realize our true spiritual connection to both the waters below and the waters above. As my, mankind embarks upon his great awakening, primary water will play a massive role in the raising of the collective consciousness. It is up to us to reconnect with these living waters and cleanse the damage we have done to this planet so that we can all rise above the materiality that currently limits us. Not only will Russell and Cosmic Sojourner go deep into the science and spirit of this important topic, but they will inspire and educate us about the role of North America's oldest volcanic lake, Clear Lake in California, and how the healing begins right there in our own backyard. Um, the, the many years of holistic research by Russell Anderson and all his past experiences has helped bring together a group of very highly talented visionaries, scientists, and business people. In 2008, Clearwater Vision, a nonprofit corporation, was created from these efforts. Cosmic Sojourner brings a deep I am awareness to the legal name game and neuro-linguistics employed to control the unsuspecting masses and shares our preoccupation with truth of the matter in the heart of the matter. The avenues of discussion for this episode are endless as we'll traverse from alchemical to the scarcity fallacy concerning the most magical and fundamental element of our realm, water. And we'll talk about Walter Russell. Bear Lando. Hey, you guys. Um, welcome, uh, Cosmic and Russell. Uh, I'm really, really, really looking forward to this one here. You know, there's just so many elements of interest that we share, uh, you know, but even though we're just getting to know each other, you know, I did uh, watch a few presentations the other day 
And I just feel already that we're kindred spirits. I just have a, you know, just a real, uh, a really good connection with you guys. So thanks for being here. You know, um, I, I might spits out here on my connection because I'm out in my lab. So you guys give me a heads up if, if we lose it and I'll run inside to my other office. Uh, I'm in my spagyrics lab here and I just want people to know, you know, that the spagyrics, the actual chemical part is the kind of the lowliest after effect of what spagyrics is really about. You know, it's kind of trendy these days. People talk about spagyric plant and mineral medicines and, you know, very important. And we'll share a lot of that with you. But uh, the real alchemy, the real spagyricism is an inner awareness, cultivating that awareness of how nature is a constantly evolving transmutational process. And that brings us right into the heart of, uh, you know, this is, I don't want to put words in anyone's mouth, but it's my understanding of what primal water is. So from an alchemical perspective, the way I see things, the way the you know, like the four attributes, um, you know, create the four elements, those elements create the three attributes to create all the kingdoms of nature. Um, it's really about um, understanding how those processes precipitate matter through the, you know, sequentially through the ethers. And when you understand that process, and I don't want to get all geeky here today, I want to kind of tone that part down. But uh, the point I'm trying to make is that everything is frozen water the way I see it. And the only difference between a chunk of granite and a, a cube of ice is that one melts faster than the other. So again, when you understand those basic alchemical processes, which real scientists used to understand very well, uh, you know, we're living, uh, you know, amidst frozen water. So I think that's where you gentlemen will take us to help us understand more clearly what primal water really is. Uh, you know, there's a lot of other things I'd love to get into today. Brown's gas, you know, the four state of water and the plasma state and, the, um, you know, Clear Lake. Uh, you know, I actually have a little bit of history that I'd like to share with you, maybe if we have time later. Uh, that was uh, uh, close to there up on Highway 21, 29. There's a place called Mount Mill House. And in the 70s, my wife and myself had our first homestead there. So we you know, Clear Lake was our closest place. We're right in between there and Calistoga. So I'm very familiar with a lot of the history in that land. And when I was researching you guys, I really, you know, was interested to see what you're doing up there. And then finally, and we'll hand it over to you, is uh, the whole role of mercury in nature, uh, not the mercury as we talk in alchemy, but the real quicksilver metal and what it's doing to that lake as far as the toxicity, but understanding its true role in the transmutational process when it's left alone where it belongs in the earth is uh, extremely important. So it would be wonderful if we could uh, chat about that a little bit. But uh, maybe, uh, you know, Cosmic or Russell, whoever wants to start first, maybe uh, tell us your journey, how you got here, how you guys are in cahoots with each other now. And thanks so much again. This is uh, really exciting to have you here. Well, how about that, Cosmic? You want to start it off? Or, uh, I'll let you, brother. All right. Okay. <laughs> um, well, first of all, I want to thank everybody for being here. I, I, I'm thanking you for being here. So I, I want to thank because it's been a long, long, long journey to actually tell people that water came from within the planet. It's so difficult to do that. And and today's a solstice day. I want to wish you guys every... Ah. Happy solstice is very important, actually. You know, it was 26 years ago when 
when we had a stadium in Philadelphia to uh, join what we were doing with Brown's Gas and, you know, Dr. Hugh Brown was there and speaking and so on and what happened back there. So I wanted to bring that in there for you um, because this is a really an important story and it led up to 26 years that I, um, we um, came together with Sojourn and, um, it's been a it's been a journey that I'll never forget, and that I don't think uh, anybody would understand unless we were at this kind of attitude that we are today. So, and I'm just so happy to know that we have gotten this far. And I had threatened to quit many years ago, and <laughs> as you uh, you were talking. Uh, about this is you know the beam me up attitude you know that we all have as we get older and we become elders to people that uh, you know always want to learn these things and we have to continue doing that no matter what you know and so here we are at a point and you know where we're talking about our heart and if we're talking about our heart we have to talk about the earth and how it suffered through all these years being patient for us to be here you know, so if you understand the very core of the understanding that water comes from within every planet, it's so valuable for the rest of the, our consciousness, you know, because consciousness is water. But if we only have one half of it, you know, we only have half a brain, you know, and we're only thinking that water only came from the sky. And if we build an economy on polluting that water, because we have no other source to understand. If we spend our lifetimes, in fact, uh, generation after generation of thinking only water came from the sky and it's not the origin of water, then we have a problem. We have a real problem and we're not made to believe that only water comes from the sky. And that needs to be told to the younger people of today. You know, the people that run all these computers and these bits and bats and all of this stuff that's going on with, with yes and no. And it was, it's more than that. And that's where we look at water itself. And I, I uh, wrote a little thing yesterday to, to Mike about all of this. And so I'll just tell the story if I can, because Really, you know, these people behind me, you know, that I decided to let in the conversations, you know, in the last few months and so on, because that's the truth. That's how I got here. And actually, they're, they're you know, um, they're able to go beyond the brainwashing ideas of what people have been controlling other people. And the the idea of of worshiping one person is not what they had in mind. They were teaching us, you know, that we are all one, that we are all one. And as Cosmos says to me, there, there is no number one. There's no number, so we're equal. So this is what we learned from our Native Americans after purging the earth, you know, as Europeans, and, and we come to America and we talk to the Iroquois Indians and we, we they say, we're, well, they're, we're all the same. How do you how do you correct that? How do you know that you know when we all of a sudden say that we're all the same? 
and we 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 want to control and continue to crawl, control. So what's telling us? What is telling us? What's the the other part of what we call primary water that comes up from the earth without jerking it, you know, and so on. We're talking to water here. We're, we're allowing us to talk to water. And that's what Dr. Hugh Brown taught me when I ran the machines 36 city tour in 96. Um, I didn't know why I was doing it. I didn't understand it. I, I, I only knew that when he said you could neutralize nuclear waste, I, I stood up and said, well, how do you do that? And I couldn't understand everything that he was saying, but I knew that water came from way beyond what we call even the earth itself, from space, he called it. He said, the sun is, the sun is water. Uh, how do you tell people that? And so I've been struggling with that for years and years until all of a sudden I, I met this Dr. Emoto from Japan because he knew that something was different at Clear Lake. He said that the water there was the most complex he's ever seen. So I met him in, in 2010. It took me a long time to, to realize and realize what he did in 2005, because I was in India at the time studying mercury, studying the alchemy of mercury and why the Dalai Lama said that mercury would be a neurological medicine in the future. And if you transport yourself over to America from there, it's impossible for scientists to understand that when they only know that it's, it's a neurological destructor. And it wasn't until um, I met a Dr. Emoto that we sat at a desk and we talked about, he said, why do you know all this stuff? And I said, well, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just a contractor. I can only put three things together, you know? I'm just a carpenter, you know? And really that's the education that I had to learn what it was that Dr. Hugh Brown was saying. And the, the understanding of this is really all you need because it's another dimension of water. The extra H and H2O is what we call it. So it's the spiritual aspect of water that's important. And we have to look into that. Well, you have to go through these masculine phases and so on to get the water and so on. And we, we go out and drill the water. And that's what um uh Stephen Reese did that's what all of these people if you know and you know you follow that because I, I met Paul Power as well and I brought him to Clear Lake and I said where where can you find this water and he could say this is where we drill the the well this is where we we understand what it is that Clear Lake is so important about first and then we say well get these people some water as soon as possible and so I, I did. I, I said, okay, not only that, we got other dowsers out there to say exactly the same thing. So our goal was to get this water to, to this tribe because this tribe was 14,000 years old. Well, what do you do with somebody who's actually created this understanding? What do you do when you you 
kind of get together and say, well, how are you going to teach this to people? If they knew, if with the world knew, if they understood the origin of water, we wouldn't have the problems that we have today. I mean, I got a whole list of things, immigration, uh, the pandemic, food, heart attack, strokes, cancer, all of this stuff we could sit here and talk about. We could, it would be such a simple conversation and yet we complicated it for years and years. So here's, the, here's all of these things that we need to get together and I'm sure that we're going to do that, you know, because now there's an open door for all for us to understand. I mean, we, we, there's so many things that we should be afraid of, but now we're, we're not. Now we're starting to be non-afraid in the importance of non-afraid I guess there's another word for it, but <laughs> the importance of that is so valuable to the rest of the world. And so I met a guy back in, you know, who knew Yogananda back in, uh, back in the early 90s. And he told me, you must continue what you're doing. And I said, I don't know what I'm doing. Okay, so and he, he looked at me and says, yes, you do. How does he know that I did that? I, did, I don't know how I knew something that he knew, but he was majorly psychic person. And, and he, even the people who knew him didn't know how he knew that and all of this stuff. But Cosmos can tell you what, what it is in a neurological situation. I couldn't do that, the seven, eight, nine. And I'm meeting these people all the time calling me up to say, hey, you continue what you're doing. So I, I did that. We toured around the country uh, running. I ran the Browns gas machine only because I knew how to weld. I mean, how stupid is that? I mean, I don't want to call it stupid because it's not a good idea, but everybody feels like, you know, hey, there's something I must do. We all have these stories and they're so important to everyone to live out those stories. And, you know, there are many stories that I could tell you that I, I was supposed to be a hockey player because my father was so proud because he was a hockey player and my uncle taught all the peewees to become hockey players, you know? And of course I was in line to be, you know, according to him to be in line for the, uh, the, the miracle, what do they call the, the hockey, hockey uh, Olympics in 1980. If you guys probably, probably know, you know that there. Um, That's a great movie. Yeah, it was a yeah, great but Based on real events, of course. Yeah. But somebody told me that I could have been that, you know? So I go, I'm so glad that I never made it there. I'm, I'm so glad I spent the time doing this instead of that. And that's where my heart is now. So there are many things we all want to do, but the main thing is to be right with the earth. And that is so valuable to everybody, everyone. So, so I, we did a stadium in Philadelphia where Dr. Hugh Brown got to speak. And then from there, I became more of a, a teacher to how, the, how to run this machine that was like this big, is this big and this big. And it wasn't, it wasn't until 26 years later that we met George, George Wiseman. And of course, you guys now know about this. And I'm going, well, it's a, this is a miracle in itself. 
we are connected to the East Coast now, you know, the Clearwater Vision is connected to the East Coast. And these people are just saying, hey, we're, we're right with you. We understand. We want to we want to be at this, this sky thing, you know, and I go, well, I hope we do. I hope we make it, you know, and, and all of these things are so valuable for us to learn. And yet we still continue to pollute the earth and we, we still continue to support a pharmaceutical company, you know, as a nonprofit and, and all of these weird stuff are going on. And yet we can't teach people that water came from the earth. That's where the earth loves us the most. So yeah, I'm agreeable to do the drilling and so on because it's still a time for that. It's still a, a time for, to do this. But I'm also saying that it's time for us to do the Native American thing. And that's why I'm so connected to the, the Clear Lake tribe that's 14,000 years old. Our goal is, is to help them to restore the wisdom of this, these tribes that are, are so pure and they understand that they're the ones that are grounded. They're the ones who are grounded the first, we, we call it the first two, two um, uh, the first two chakras in our body. They understand that, you know, so that when they get to the, the me part, the, 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 the gut, you know, that they're not ego driven. So uh, we need that. We need to teach that. And it's important for us to do that. It's, it's probably the most important thing that we think that will, will transfer this, this world. So all of a sudden, you know, uh, the two, 2012 came and we, we did, uh, you know, I didn't know anything about 2012 or any of that stuff. We just... I got together the best people that I knew that were scientists and we drew up a, a statement, uh, an ex executive summary to tell people that that executive summary would be uh, twofold to bring the, 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 the mercury situation and the primary water situation together. And to, to work that out, the positive and negative force to a battery or something that would start this thing up and bring the Moses thing happening. So I'm only, it was nine years later after we did that, we, I, I met Cosmos, Chris, you know, I can't say his name, right? You know, but he is, he is part of my heart. And I knew that people couldn't understand what he was speaking of. And I knew, I knew because all of these years that it had to be a, a, a situation where we had to bring this all together. And so he met him nine years later and now it's 10 years since 2012. And I saw a, a video yesterday by Bill Donahue, you know, you probably know him. And Crazy as it might seem, I, I'm sitting there cheering for the guy because he said that Jesus was a you know from outer space, and I go, yeah, well, of course he was. <laughs> you know? And I'm going, you know, so all of these masters that exist in, in these wherever they are 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 working for us to understand that the earth loves us. It's been a masculine 
place for thousands of years and no wonder we want to beam ourselves up you know get me out of here you know this is weird so it's not that it's wrong is that we're here to understand the depth of what who we are because we are primary water and the more we put junk in our bodies the more we put junk in the air i mean we have to go right straight to the the volcano to get healed and the earth is telling us something and is trying to bring us back to life again and so I'm only talking about the positive here. There's many things that we need to talk about the negative and, and we'll be able to do that. I don't know any other way to do it, but if it wasn't for Cosmos to try to explain this through a, a, an era of what he knew about uh, genetics and everything else, I, I would have lost myself. I would have quit last year. <laughs> so it always comes in time. So. I, I don't want to speak out of myself. I don't want to go there. But I think if we just teach our younger generations where water originated, we'll, we'll, there will be a complete change. The kingdom of heaven on earth, what do you, what do you want? You know, you, you get water wherever in your deserts, in your place. Oh, everybody's dying from a disease because we don't have the proper water. We, we decided to pollute water for thousands of years and only for greed. So let's get back to the Native American thought. Let's ground ourselves. Let's become one with each other. And they have a right to be angry at us as white people. And let them do that because that's the best thing to do. And I, you know, I could want to tell you about the Elam tribe, and I guess we'll do that later, but it's so... What happened just in the last few months is, is, is so valuable to me and not just me, but to you and everybody else that I know. So thank you, Chris. You can say the rest. Of it. <laughs> well, I just want to say thank God you didn't stop because I believe we are on the cusp of these younger generation coming through and understanding the great healing that is about to happen. And that's what really it is. It's a great healing uh, and the and, waters, of course, will be bubbling up and playing a massive role as the carrier way, the carrier medium of that consciousness. Go ahead, Bear. Well, I was just going to say you commented, uh, Russell, about the only reason why you knew Brown's gas was because you were involved in welding. And uh, in my experience, all the, the great ones are extremely grounded. Uh, you know, for instance, uh, George Wiseman, who we'll be talking to here soon, you know, he came at it, you know, more as a tradesman, even though he's a brilliant physicist. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of um, folks out there that are more academians. Uh, but I really think the big change is going to come not from, you know, the talkers and, and folks, but the folks on the ground that really uh, you know, are doing things, the people that do the trades, the people that know how to grow, uh, grow things. And there's an old Native American saying, which uh, I learned from a gentleman who took me under his wing a long time ago. He said, you know, if it doesn't grow corn, what's what's the worth? So, uh, yeah, we need to ground ourselves in and uh, that old thing, you know, grow roots, but have your head in the sky at the same time. So, uh, Cosmic, uh, take it away. Absolutely. Um like to set the stage first before I um, speak in terms of Cosmic Sojourner and where I'm really coming from. Um, my, my journey pretty much started with 9-11 and um, as a structural engineer, 
my worldview was pretty much crushed on that day. Um, and I'd been working really hard to rebuild it in terms of belief systems. First eight years or so I spent pretty much in the occult and all the dark sides um, to get a foundation of really what the problems were and then shifted into solutions. And uh, a lot of the things that I'm gonna say are not really, they don't come from a guru. I'm very well informed by a lot of different guru types, but um, it's a very intuitive process that I'm coming from as it relates to, to water um, as really the source of consciousness, sort of intermediary to consciousness. Um, but not through what we drink necessarily as much as the sacred geometry, um, the essence of the masculine and feminine and really getting into, again, you, know, you touched on the linguistics, understanding um, how powerful words are, what words are um, as they relate to sacred geometry and the cubic structure of the Rosellian cosmology that I see um, number as the core driver of that space. Um, within the center of that space, within the knowing mind, relative to what he speaks to in the thinking mind, that uh, sound really is is primary, um, and, and that word is very important as it relates to prime numbers, believe it or not, um, but primate, right? And really getting primordial and just the linguistics of where these, where these words have their power in connecting things, because that's a big part of what I'm bringing forward is not just cosmology, um, but ontology and epistemology of kind of how we look at information and what we look at information with. Um, and really water, Thales uh, ancient Greece said a long time ago that all is water um, and Pythagoras, all is numbers. So. I'm really coming at it from, from that space and, you know, what Russell wrote with his executive summary that brought us together is understanding um, the correlation between what he calls vertical water and horizontal water as it relates to, again, sacred geometry, projective geometry. Um, I get, get into the number theory and all that stuff too that... Um, I don't know number theory, have no interest in learning it, but I do dabble in it. So I know the words to use to, co to convey with number theorists. Um, I call them mathemagicians, um, but really just to convey to them the deeper essence of, of number. Russell touched upon the notion of one not being a number. And I'm coming from that space that uh, one really, it's more of a boundary. Um, which is what the water represents and how it relates to prime Mary, Mary being Mary Magdalene, um, because I really do see the Jesus and Mary as the, the core essence of the masculine and feminine energies. Um, and, you know, Mercury and water, um, Mercury being the dodecahedron or aether um, in platonic terms, water being the icosahedron and them being dual solids and having this relationship between the vertex and the, the, the centers of the faces, which are nodes and nulls. Um, and believe it or not, epochs in time, you know, that I really do see that consciousness rises and falls coincidence with the dog star Sirius as it's coming towards our sun, consciousness rises, primary water comes up, and these forms go inside and out of each other that the icosahedron actually 
consumes the dodecahedron um, for the feminine phase of the epochs, but it's all just masculine and feminine that are in cycle really. And the yin yang is the core to all of that, that the yin yang um, represents that, that fundamental duality of essentially pressure and temperature, a lot of different analogs, but pressure and temperature and Rossellian cosmology in terms of that um, continuous dynamic interchange of these two directly proportional forms of uh, manifestation fundamentally. And so water, water really is all of this. Um, I don't, I'm coming from simulation theory. Really, I, I look more at Maya or the new sphere that this is a dream and that all that we really are in spiritual terms, right, is a point of perception. And what Corona really represented in 2020 was an introduction of that. Um, in my model, it's a seen omega Corona which is the pineal gland, but, but that uh, center point of consciousness coming back uh, because corona really means crown. Corona really means halo, right? And really to get what our pineal gland is, is that we're just a point of perception within that cubic structure. Um, and, and the heart is what I'm here with the chestahedron to bring forward is the very center of the Russellian cosmology through the fractal beat of the heart, right? To understand um, meaning is fractal and it's centered in the heart that the all intelligence, courage, really thoughts are non-local because thoughts really are sourced in the heart, right? And they don't get out, but through the astrology and the cult that we're all in called the cult of personality or culture, right? And the linguistics of language to understand what babbling Babylonian words really are. I call them bird words um, because we, we really need to, what I love about Russell is he's, he's coming from the oral tradition of telling stories, right? That we really need to get to that space where we're conveying these, these um, very beautiful concepts in my opinion, very pure in terms of uh, the immaculate order of chaos in, in number to, to really get, um, what number is and i'll close there because again i can go on and on about a lot of different stuff that's correlated with all this um but really keying into what we're all here to do i'm of the opinion with that perspective that we're just a point of perception is to take responsibility um, for our own waters right um, because again everything is inside out in hyperspace terms and so not just what we eat and drink, but what we listen to and see affects our frequencies. The people we associate with, all of that is really important that one, we have knowledge of this and, and take responsibility more than anything. Take responsibility in terms of unifying people, unity and community of people really coming together, um, cleaning up your own waters, but really just uniting because that's really the only way out of this is through unity and the reason why this control structure works so hard to keep us polarized and divided with these um, very heady topics of things like birth control, gun control. Um, the only reason they really do that is because they're divisive, you know, and to keep us um, at each other instead of really looking at the commonality between us all, which is fundamentally um, water as that source, you know, and, and water being like Dr. Barr was talking, Fundamentally, the heart is a crystal. Crystal is the water, right? It's just different analogs, but the key to it all really is understanding the centeredness, what the 
the ratio one half means in musical terms too, because that's everything I'm talking about. Music is the core of it all. To, to get what solfeggio really is, their frequencies, yes, but they're, they're, the essence of number is within those and they're actually called family number groups, right? They have, mm -hmm. have relationships with each other and vortex-based math, um, all of these um, things really need to be explored. The chestahedron, um, the Marion matrix, really getting the heart center of everything because that's really the key to primary water, prime numbers, um, the natural logarithm and where we find our greatness because it all gets back to, Russell touched upon the DNA. Um, I see it as what we're here really to do is um, to, to resolve the, the quote unquote junk in our DNA and get our superpowers, right? But because I'm of the opinion that all technology external really comes from inside um, and it's a distortion of the divine intelligence is what we essentially have been living through in the masculine phase is that's what the masculine does is it, it takes source, it polarizes it. Um, and it's what reality is, is that, that polarization, right? And then the feminine takes it back to center and unifies it and rebirths it as something new dependent upon what was done during the cycle. But it's all that cycles are kind of what I see number as, you know, cycles are circles, our numbers, um, our frequencies, and angels are angles. And I'll close with that for now. I love it. Thank you. Um, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, I, you know, you could see where all this is coming from and why we need <clears throat> so badly you know it just really is um you know i want to say something about what what i learned through chris or cosmos i blew out i guess you know but anyway he is such a soul that you know because the loneliness that goes along with knowing this stuff is extremely difficult on a person and i just wanted to thank you cosmos i would for all of that you've done you know and so on um, I'll just say he's not going to be lonely for much longer because he's just found a community uh, with <laughs> Alpha Vedic and Music and Sky because we got a lot of like-minded folks that love this stuff. Well, so one of the things that, you know, we sit and talk about is the ring of fire here, you know, and of course, I, I tell this story about what I've learned from the Los Alamos studies back in 1986, I think. And I couldn't get anybody to read these things. And I, I would point it at, at it and I'd say, you know, I don't understand why people don't understand. You know, you, you understand. <laughs> but what they did with the study was they, where they wanted to do and pour water down the, the, what they call the geysers that are as part of the Clear Lake Caldera, if people don't know that. Um, so, in other words, they were going to make electricity, and they still are, but they pour wastewater down there and create all sorts of tremors, and then eventually become, you know, there become an earthquake that happened like eight, ten years ago in, in, the, in the valley there. They, you know, they, they caused a lot of damage, and there, were, there was water, primary water is where we're calling it, that came out of the hills. So important is the example of what happened to uh, to that you know particular time and gave us more example of what was happening. 
So, but in the study, it showed, it had to show whether there was a movement of these volcanoes that moved from south to north through many millions of years, and you can't see those. Clear Lake is the last of the oldest seeable volcano in this case. So the natives there are extremely important. And you can imagine, you know, being around a, 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 a volcano during an ice age is the only way they could survive. And so you're looking at this as a situation that's extremely important. And even the natives there don't really, you know, look at that as, as the ring of fire yet, you know, but it's became becoming more operable for that to happen. But if you look to see what Yogananda was saying in, in a sense uh, many years ago about LA and you follow the line of, of what they call mercury mines that exist, you can see, you can see where it's, you know, that it, it was a movement from south to north and it had to be that in, in order for us to understand. And so Go West Young Man was, was a, an example for, you know, all these people to become rich and so on and so on. And they did, and they used mercury to do that. It was the cash cow back 120, 30 years ago. And of course, they basically ran into trouble, you know, and so on. So that trouble is what we have to look at. I'm so happy to be able to say, okay, here's the example of that. And what Yogananda was saying, you know, is saying that in LA, there were saints and sages there, you know, of course, they call it Los Angeles, Los Angles, and so on. All of that stuff is a story that we need to, uh, you know, because it would go into your heart, actually, the story itself. And his connection with, with, uh, with uh, Luther Burbank, which was the third person that basically that came together from Edison and Ford, they knew each other. And you go, hey, that's the third entity. That's the H, extra H and H2O that had to happen. And they pushed him aside and they didn't explain what was going on. And that's where Yogananda came. And he said he named his book after him. So if some of these people understood that, you know, and just say, hey, this is cause and effect. We must know what, what the internal part of humanity really is all about. You know, in order to go into this yes and no, or this this computer industry that we're into, you know. Russell, um, I sorry to interrupt. I'm just so glad you brought up Luther Burbank because uh, my wife and myself, he's kind of one of our personal heroes, and uh, her great grandmother, my wife, uh, lived next door to Luther Burbank, and so every single morning she would uh, walk by his place, and he would say, "Hello, young lady." and give her a flower every single day. And uh, so we heard a lot of Luther Burbank wow. stories. And uh, in fact, uh, you know, we've got his complete set of books and, you know, we, uh, you know, it's a lot about propagation and, and, and the things that he was up to, but we really read those between the lines. And he's just like one of those uh, amazing lights on the planet that I'd like to see people recognize more. So sorry for the interruption. I just wanted to 
add that anecdote. No, I'm glad you, you said that because, you know, I, I worked in a herb school. For some reason, I was asked to come to a herb school through uh, another shaman that basically asked me to come in. And, and they were, they owned this herb school and they called it, uh, the, uh, it was part of the, the Grateful Dead. They owned, <laughs> I don't know how to explain that either, but for a bunch of deadheads, you know, that were, you know, many years ago that I, I got to, to uh, run the land and to teach people how to get water to the herbs. That's all I needed to do and then teach them that. And what, kind, what kind of herbs are we talking about here, Russell? Come on, man. Well, no. <laughs> well, that's the that's one of the herbs that basically they were talking about too. But I I got to meet the professors and all of this stuff. It was the oldest herb school in this country, and it 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 lived there at Luther Burbank area. And of course, they worshipped him. I don't know worship, but they admired him and so on. And of course. I was asked to go there before I went on tour around the country with Brown's guests. Wow. I will say this about Los Angeles. Um, I think we talked about looking at the negative a little bit. Well, I don't know if there's a better example of uh, the negative polarity inversion of uh, turning that place into what it is now, right? As this kind of epic, the, the epicenter of the black magic uh, from the media, right? And how they've turned that into such a dark place in many ways from when Yogananda was there in the early 20th century. Uh, it's hard for some people to imagine reading that book, the autobiography of Yogi, like what LA could have been like back then compared to what it is now. But I do believe the waters, uh, the primary waters will be bubbling up there as the healing goes. And I think these are the, these nodal points on the planet are what needs to be healed, right? Los Angeles, London, uh, Rome, Davos, and all these places will come around once um, we do heal with the Native Americans and the indigenous people who were, uh, you know, so un unlawfully taken from their lands. I would love to touch more on that, but real quick on the Mercury side of things too, you know, there is a history where allopathy kind of came out of using Mercury as uh, these kind of quack doctors going town to town, you know, touting the benefits of Quicksilver uh, as this healing modality. I'm, I'm still trying to wrap my head around Bear and Cosmic and Russell on like what the Dalai Lama is saying about how it's going to be a healing modality for the future when it seemed to have been so toxic to uh, the bodies. Um, where is well, that coming from? One, uh Quick comment, you know, in the alchemy lab, the ultimate philosopher's stone, we'll just loosely call it that, is a process with gold and mercury. And it's a very elaborate process, takes a long time. It's very toxic. Uh, so, you know, it can be very hazardous. But but in a nutshell, you take mercury, you put it through a lot of uh, uh, series where you mix it with salt and then you rinse it with rainwater and you have to, uh, certain sequences and you finally get to a point where you uh, mix it with powdered gold and then you know then you go into another part of the laboratory process where you're actually heating up elements and it brings in uh, redstone cinnabar which is mercury sulfide and everything but bottom line what you're doing is the mercury the feminine principle is used to extract the seed the solar principle the masculine from the gold which in uh, any alchemical process is releasing the quintessence from the elements 
And when you go through that process, and it's it's been done, this isn't mythological, uh, then that quintessence is what heals and and does all the things that you might be asking about, Michael. Mm, yeah, in, in the chat here, the, uh, Alex said that ancient yogis ingested mercury in various forms. Mm -hmm. So there's, you know, yeah. something. Ayurvedic had it to a very high level, but uh, uh, please, Russell, go ahead again. Sorry for the interruption. Well, you know, I, I love talking about this because I, what I experienced was going to, going to Nepal and India and talking to these people and find out what, what he was saying. I, I missed, I had a meeting and I missed the flight or something like that. I couldn't get to see you know, Dalai Lama to ask him more about what I've learned. But in in um, in Nepal, they they showed me uh, how they buried a just small amount of it in for seven years and in, in the ground. And really, I don't know anything more than that. And I'm I'm waiting for other scientists to come around and talk about it. But what we've learned on the negative side with Clear Lake is that it's the home of blue-green algae. And mm -hmm. blue-green algae is, is and actually is the, the oldest food substance in existence, according to science, and it comes from the ocean. And there you go with the ring of fire because it travels through there to the, from the ring of fire, and there's tunnels underneath clear lake that lead to the ocean and of course that's how they do that or that's how god does that i don't know who actually does it like that but if you find an extremely organic lake you get the double negative because there you have with mercury that will kill the plankton that exists on on the blue green algae and that turns into a gas and that that gas is is called methylmercury. And that goes into our air, that goes into our atmosphere. Um, every year it goes what they call bioaccumulate. And of course, in that sense, there's so much more to learn as far as what, you know, look into the past about what happened years ago to Matt as a Hatter stories, you know, and so on. So we're mentally being affected by that on a very sophisticated level. And we have to know that in order to heal the problem. And the real problem comes from primary water. And if you understand that that's what, what Dr. Hill Brown was saying in saying he could neutralize nuclear waste. So I, I was actually kicked out of that you know, group because they didn't want me to know much more. You know? Uh, they, you know, because all these little miracles would happen around me and of course, they had to find a reason to kick me out because I was thinking that this belongs to everybody, not just the the unit of people that were selling or were, you know, they had a whole stadium of people that basically they were making money off of. And, and my mentor said, you'll have a stadium at the end of the tour. I had to tell that story. They said, it isn't about you. It's about all of us. And we have to determine this and we have to give this information all. And that was 26 years ago. So I don't know, Chris is saying that 26 is, this number is a very important time. And so here we meet up with, with the other guy whose heart is really into it. George Wiseman is, a, you know, 
he definitely is a wise man. He knew that he couldn't rename it anything other than Brown's gas. He could have just said it wise men gas, you know, uh, but he knows he didn't allow that to happen. And this is why we're here today. You know, that's what I think. So anyway, so I'm only saying if, if all of a sudden I left that situation and they were neutralizing nuclear waste, we, we could solve that problem. No problem, except for the nuclear waste. I heard that they're using that to, for bombs, you know, and stuff. So, so how do you solve this problem? Well, the next thing I was, I was asked to do is to go to Clear Lake. And I said, why? You know, why am I here at Clear Lake? Now I'm there at Clear Lake and I find out that mercury is destroying not just uh, not just the radiation that's coming from, you know, the, you know, the, uh, you know, the bombs or the, all of this stuff. It's worse. And we don't know this yet, but the mercury is controlling all of us in a sense and, and a very high level. And we're not talking about it. So awesome. I'd like to add in the, the deuterium angle. Um, so, so because that's something that I'm really interested in because of the dichotomy with, with mercury being a healing metal, but also being detrimental that I don't, and I, again, I zoom way out. I don't, I don't uh, approach things with the, the peer reviewed paradigm of empirical half-truths, right? I really try and look at everything with fresh eyes. Um, and I'm seeing as it relates to deuterium, because of depleted deuterium water being healthy, and trying to draw these connections between what's really um, causing the detrimental effects. And I do see it as the DNA again, because the deuterium is responsible for transcription errors in our DNA. Um, but I'm looking at it more from, from the hydrogen aspect of it, that, that deuterium really is just hydrogen, right? It's just hydrogen that, that um, it has an extra nucleus that essentially the hydrogen doesn't exist because it's all within the nucleus. It hasn't been polarized yet. So I'm more looking at all of the isotopes, right? Um, understanding that, that um, water 99 molecularly, our bodies are 99% water. And so all these chemical reactions that are taking place with all of the elements in the periodic table, they all fundamentally, we can call it deuterium, and this is where the bird words come in, but it's just an extra neutron in the nucleus, right? And so all these isotopes have that same condition, and I'm wondering, okay, well, it's twice as heavy as the hydrogen, which means fundamentally that changes bond angles. It distorts the bond angles because it has twice the mass. Well, if we're only talking about water, great, but that's I'm seeing it more as, as all of the isotopes because they say they, they react um, consistently through the isotopes, but there's this one center one that is the, the pristine or the primary, if we want to call it that. And so I'm looking more at getting Dr. Burr's perspectives on, um, yeah, coming at it from a different angle and looking at um, deuterium and, and we can maybe try and connect it with Deuteronomy later, but um, <laughs> I, I see connections with that too, in terms of uh, why time starts with seconds and not first and what the second really is as it relates again to one not being a number. Um, and I'll close with that, thank you. Well, Kazakh, I'd like your perspective because I know you uh, dabble with Walter Russell a little bit. And uh, you know, from a waveform model where you're looking at more uh, 
geometry will say, uh, you know, and I understand the isotopes with uh, more neutrons, protons, uh, weight, but that kind of gets into the old um, atomic uh, kind of theory, which I don't buy, but, you know, it's okay. We can, you know, use those words. Um, so how do you drive um, just with maybe looking at deuterium and I get it, it's heavier because of those elements and the isotopic uh, kind of nature of it. Uh, but how do we kind of translate that into waveform? Do you have any ideas on that? Yeah, it's all got to be music, really. I see it all okay. as uh, pure, pure ratio and understanding essentially what irrational numbers are, right? That the irrational numbers um, in metaphysical or religious terms, one third fell from God's grace is we're told that that's a decimal equivalence, but that's another half truth because it's really not equivalent, right? When you present it in pure ratio form one over three, that's whole. But when it's presented in the decimal base 10 equivalence, it's a distortion really. Um, and so I'm looking at how, how we get the, and again, solfeggio is important in all this, but not at the frequency level, more at the sacred geometry level or the numeric level. Um, because those those uh, three number sets are really profound as it relates to vortex-based math, but the vortex-based math needs to be expanded to include yeah. pi, phi, and the natural logarithm, because that's where the prime numbers come in is the, and again, the linguistics are really important, natural number, natural logarithm, because it's really speaking to natural processes. And when we can get back to the implosive nature of water as the core to all of our science, um, really getting into that aspect of it. I think that's when we're really going to excel because really, you know, what Russell spoke to um, the con and economy that, that that was a fundamentally the whole SESUKV Act was an inversion of law of the sea, right? That um, ecology really is water. Water really evolved before all life, right? It is really is the has all of the knowledge um, that, that we tap into. And just honoring that, that side of things, I think is really important. Um, and I'll close with that. Okay. So if we could maybe segue this into more just the, the, the nuts and bolts of, uh, of primary water. And then also if either one of you wanna maybe discuss the, you know, Brown's gas being that, um, you know, we'll call the fourth state of water and how uh, with light water or deuterium depleted water, you know, how those two work together. Uh, yeah, I, I would like to speak to that um, awesome. as, as it relates to um, olivine and ringwoodite, right? Because this is where, where I'm seeing the connections with Brown's gas because ringwood is essentially a hydroxy um, bond between oxygen and hydrogen and so that's essentially what we're talking about with brown's gas and so i'm really seeing this this being the source of primary water that brown's gas and all of that is analog to it again because of the words right we can call it a bunch of different names krishnamurti had a quote when you teach the child the word bird they never see the bird again um so it's not really the words that, that i focus on right but because it's it, it really is i mean if you look at the ether they call it the vacuum dark matter background radiation they have all these different labels for it but it doesn't really capture its essence and this is where i'm coming from with um really getting what is primary water you know is it really 
uh, light water or depleted deuterium water, um, because there's only one, right? And, and we can't have all these different terms for the same thing. So it's really focusing on what are we really talking about, I think. Yeah, I would love to get a, a couple definitions here for the audience too, on like what your actual definition of primary water is. How does that relate to maybe like the fourth phase of water? What is the residence of that water? And also I'd love to just define for some folks here that have never heard of Brown's gas, what is Brown's gas? <laughs> so, okay, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was, I was just going to like dovetail with another question, you know, as if you look at George's machine, it doesn't have a membrane. So it allows that kind of that transmutation, that merging of electrons and, and, you know, what people would consider hydrogen water. And it, to me, it's like a perfect marriage of high energy hydrogen water. So uh, my question would be, is, is that exactly what's going on inside the earth there as far as the creation of primary water? And then uh, just one other element, you know, Walter Russell talks about carbon within the Earth's core being the source of water, you know, and it's uh, anyway, a uh, lot of fun stuff to talk about. So whoever wants to take it away with that. Yeah, I can speak to the the cubic essence of uh, Russellian cosmology being the carbon, right? But again, the he's got uh, the knowing mind. Well, he, I don't know that he references it. And again, I'm not a Rossellian expert. Um, I've only, cause I don't really study beyond precept. I'm more looking to, to know what I didn't know. I didn't know, not to know it really, but just to, to have an awareness of the things that I don't know, because it's really a profound and prolific process to, to really draw connections. Um, but again, my connections are always like Bruce Lee said, be like water is very ephemeral that. Well, can I, can I tell you one more uh, situation about Brown's gas and so on? Because I, I think there are different definitions that are really all the same here. And I, I think it's important to be, do that. I mean, by running this machine, you know, city to city and all these people basically asking questions and you know, I got to know all these questions and and I didn't know exactly how to answer that and I, that's why uh, Chris here is the, the one that basically could explain that neurologically you know or numerology numerology I'll get it for you know what I'm talking about <laughs> um, anyway the, the Brown's gas is what, what we call a stoichiometric mixture between hydrogen and oxygen. It means that they're the same. And when you put the two of them together, they, you know, they're one. There's like masculine and feminine coming together. And I think there was a scientist, and I can't remember his name, but he brought it together in the sense that uh, it's an orgasm. The, it's the basically orgasm. Wilhelm Reich. Yeah, Wilhelm Reich. So... He's, he talked in terms of that, and as soon as I saw that, I said, well, you know, he's dead now. You know, why did he leave me? You know, it's, why is he gone? So anyway, these people are very incredible people that could figure these things out, you know, on a, on a basis of understanding about what Brown's gas really is or primary water and the difference between deuterium and mercury and all of this stuff is really something that we have to have to pull together and say, hey, I'll just talk about it. But if you study a, a, a teenager, you know, and you teach them and they really want to know this, 
is that that orgasm is basically when at the time of orgasm, there's no difference between male and female. It's they're one, they're in love. It, they're not going to be pulled apart unless there's a particle or a heavy metal or something that pulls them apart. And, you know, as soon as they get into, well, I got to own a house, I got to, you know, buy, a, I got to buy her some of this and that. And all of these things are part of the particle that ends up in, in a disaster, you know, because they don't know. They just don't understand that water comes from within the earth. That's my view of it, you know, and I, I, I also noticed that children, they all want that. And, and of course, that's part of the family structure. If we don't understand that, then we, we ruin the family structure. And that's what America is all about. And, you know, Mike, you mentioned the, the part where, you know, California is really under attack. In one sense, you know, we're, we're in, under attack. And, and of course, we met the enemy as ourselves in this situation. We didn't know. We didn't know. We just had to go get the gold. That's what we needed to do. And so we're not, we're not interested in that anymore. We're interested in the family structure and holding it together as human beings. It's the stoichiometric mixture that we learned from Brown's gas or what's coming up from the earth. That, that's extremely important for us to know. Yeah, a couple things on that. I mean, Music and Sky, we're doing it in California because we are here to heal California is a nodal point for the entire plane of existence. And also, you know, we're, we're talking about kin's domains as the family, uh, family structural unit from Anastasia, from Russia, that concept, the primary water. We're also doing a huge organite gifting. Everybody that's coming is getting two pieces of organite from Mitch, the organ donor. He's awesome. literally donating that to everybody with the, with the idea is everybody disperses from the event, we have a diaspora, if you will, of organite that goes through the whole central lo lower SoCal Valley. So the idea is everybody's leaving is going to be busting towers and sinking earth pipes to heal California after the event. And at the event, we're going to do it around there. So that is the intention of Music and Sky is to heal California. On, and then on that note, in terms of back to my original question about primary water, is there like a qualitative difference in these waters below bubbling up from say water rainwater or waters that or is it all the same I, i'm still trying to wrap my head around this concept of, because for instance i go take dips in a local spring fed creek right up the street from me that feeds into the smith river here which is one of the cleanest waterways you know really in north america and I've noticed lately when I do sit in this, and it could just be my consciousness being more aware of the water, when I'm sitting in this swirling vortex pools uh, of this creek water um, that is coming from deep in the ground, it seems to be more plasma. It seems to be more viscous, if you will. Like it seems to be more alive and more of like a feeling to it as I'm moving through it. So is there an actual qualitative difference with this primary water than say what you would get, you know, to coming out of your, well, obviously coming out of your tap is different, but you know, rainwater for instance, or just really, you know, clean top water from other sources. Okay. So, you know, Dr. Emoto from Japan, who, who we, you know, we're supposed to be talking after, you know, the program that you guys are doing, they're all excited over what we're doing here. They're probably going to watch this as well. And, and, but Dr. Emoto came in 2005, he came to Clear Lake and he said, he said the, the structure 
is the most complex he's ever seen as far as what's coming from Clear Lake. So you're, to, you're talking about this water that's coming up that has a, a high structure and its structure is in, if you can look at the, the look at the structure, the, the picture that he had, it's, it's more complex. You can see that it's more complex than just the one that somebody prays over, you know? And I think it's important to pray over the water and so on. But in this sense, it, it's another dimension in a sense, the water that's coming up from the earth, it's more useful. It's, it's the water that's just born. It just, it's just waiting to come up in a sense. And, and you know, this is why we have to understand that it's, it's a little baby, you know? And it yes, it's like the innocence of mother earth coming up. It hasn't been tortured by the darkness <laughs> from, from right. the- yeah. So we polluted the surface of the earth and it doesn't want to come up, but it, it's, you know, our prayers are our giving or our knowledge of actually that it exists is so valuable and important. And so we're not against drilling wells to get people water in Africa. What, what we are, we do need to teach them that, that this water is very valuable and it needs to be taught like a little child that comes up from the earth, it's, it's more useful, it's more healing, it's, it, it will neutralize the, the surface water that we've polluted for thousands of years. There are also processes that, uh, that I actually do myself where we take rainwater and uh, it doesn't have to be the only uh, source of water you use for this, but then you go through the similar process I was describing earlier, you know, in Mercury, but ultimately you um, liberate the quintessence of the water and you also end up separating the parts of the water, you know, the mercury, the sulfur, not quicksilver mercury, but the, the, the mercury, sulfur and, um, and sulfur. And then you do processes where you actually end up with 12 different components of the water without ever adding anything, any solvents. It's just you work with water the whole time. And then you can measure all the different properties of the water afterwards. And they all have very different attributes. So um, again, I think what we're embarking on here, at least my opinion, is uh, uh, mankind finally um, coming into a co-creator role where we understand the transmutational processes and like cleaning up anything from radiation to the toxic forms of mercury. It's understanding how to interject and take a proactive role as far as speeding up the process that nature would uh, normally do on its own. So when I sit back and look, you know, I don't like to just sit around and wring my hands about how oh, the whole world's going to hell. Uh, I look at it as an alchemical process because right now we're seeing a lot of ugliness because we've reached the apex of the separation, you know, the first of the three processes that you do in an alchemy lab. And that um, separation is what we would call reductionist scientists, you know, and they've just brought it to an extreme where we separated the parts so much that we now have no tether left with the creator but in, uh, you know, from a larger perspective, now we're entering the purification process. Now that we've separated everything into its minutia, we're, uh, we're purifying the parts so that we can finally go into step three, which I think is what we're ready for now, 
which is the coabation or the or the reunification of the purified parts into an exalted form which in uh, in actuality is uh, you know an analogous not just analogous but a literal translation of what we're doing internally you know with our own beings uh, you know in order to uh, uh, actively ascend or you know whatever word works for you as far as that personal journey of the soul so um, I think we're right on target for what we're supposed to be doing here, but I also think we don't want to overstay our welcome to much longer as far as the uh, the separation process. There, that's exactly what we were saying is, is, is doing because the upper firmaments want to be with the lower firmaments, you know. Mm -hmm. It's it really is needs need, needs the lower firmaments. So they're they're like mother and father or whatever it is you know going to you know going to the elders and so on this is what you know the native americans have been talking and we're we're actually working with uh, the moses formula in a sense that that what we can do is take that formula using bronze gas and we could take the structured water because structured water is so valuable and important it's, it's the vortex is what we're talking about and you already know that and so we we need to put that in action and we need to do that and we're actually doing it we have a we have a group and on the east coast you know which was part of the Uruguay indians and basically they are actually communicating with us here and they want to help california they want to be at your program. They 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 talk to me or us every day, you know, to say, hey, listen, we we gotta have to find a way to get to to the sky and the pie, <laughs> sky and the bed. But you know, all of this is very valuable and important because they believe that they can help California, and it's very important because this is East and West coming together in this nation. I am really happy to know that these things are happening. And I'm not doing it anymore, you know? I'm just watching it happen. And they are, you know, they're relating to you and the, the, the Emoto thing. It's so valuable to understand how this works together, brings, uh, you know, left to right, up and down together. And that's the medicine wheel. And so we're, we're actually going to be able to do the testing and show people how it works and inspiring them and already I, I got maps together to where we're going down to that town that you're talking about. I, I got the maps together. I sent it over to Dowsers and I, I'm getting it back and we're going to find that place that's the closest to the, the magma, the earth, you know, that's in their place. We might even be able to sit there and pray our way to bring the water up there if we it, at least we can do something to bring an understanding of the importance of water below the mantle. I mean, what yeah, we're, and I was just going to say what we're talking about here is consciousness, right? And what Emoto showed is like literally our consciousness and the ability to redirect the field through our own thoughts literally has the direct relation on the water. So we, all the primary water is doing, I guess, is teaching us who we are and what we are and that, in the end, we can heal it all with through our intention coming together. We can heal all the water that has been ruined and bring it back to that primary state. 
you know? So that's a, that's a magical thing that it's teaching us, but I do love this idea of like coming together and we'll do this in music and sky. We're going to do a group meditation, intentional thinking sort of exercise where we're going to pull, start to call the waters, come up, call the waters, right. And, and do that. And, and, and who knows, maybe we'll have a geyser explode or something. But yeah. <laughs> well, there we'll do Moses. We'll get a staff, you know, and only hit the rock <laughs> once, it's not twice, because uh, that's why he couldn't make it to the to the promised land. So we got to remember not to be angry at people, and so anger makes it worse. You know, the blame game is not the thing to do. We learned that we're not Democrats, we're not Republicans, we're right there in the center, and yep. and that's what we have to believe and. We, we don't have to believe it. We can just go do the blame game all the time. And, you know, we can say that, you know, shoot that guy that, that, you know, built a dam over there. We don't need to do that. We don't need to do that at all. And structured water, those people who are doing structure, we need to bring those people together that they really want to. But, you know, they're always saying, well, I own this and I do this and I, you know, you just throw in a few particles and you just throw a wrench in the deal. You know? Yeah. So uh, Cosmic, I want to ask you, you know, we're talking, I can kind of do geeky things in here and understand principles and actually create some changes on the other. And that's valuable, I think, on a personal, um, you know, uh, kind of instructional level. But now we're talking about large scale projects and I kind of have a hunch that uh, it's going to be all about sound frequencies uh, as far as to make those larger changes. And then of course we internally have the ability to create that resonance within ourselves coming together with groups of people. So do you uh, have any thoughts on that or know of anybody that is actually implementing, you know, those kinds of technologies on a larger scale for what needs to be done here? Yeah, uh, I don't really. And that's kind of where I'm coming from with the individual self-responsibility um, of taking care of our own waters, because I really see that as um, critical for, for people to comprehend that um, there are no saviors. You know, everybody really, the individual self-responsibility is what I'm here to to help people really grok the, what sovereignty is. You know, sovereignty is not something that you, you submit paperwork to your authorities to get, you know, it's fundamentally, if you're willing to die for what you believe in, you're sovereign and not a, a second before that. Um, but really just taking that, that aspect of it and with, with the work really of um, law, you know, to really get what law is as it relates to land, air and water, law of the sea, um, the, the law of the air really is, it holds ultimate dominion over both the land and the sea, because it really gets into the spirit of things. And, and in Genesis terms, you know, the spirit that moved upon the face of the waters is speaking to um, this form here, essentially, which is the heart, the heartbeat is in the center of this. And, and a lot of what, what, what the Russellian cosmology speaks to I, I see as um, the anode cathode being piezoelectric, right? That, that it's an electric universe and fundamentally the crystalline form um, through the breath of the compassionate because the universe is a egg carton shape, but through this, this uh, vector equilibrium flux, that this is a, 
this is really a breath. And what you were talking about earlier, Dr. Barr, in terms of the, the extremes and polarization is that's the masculine phase of these larger cycles is that in-breath or the inspire um, that we're at the extremes of. We're at this point here to where we're ready to go back into the feminine phase of the 60 degrees from the 72 back into 360 day years out of the distorted masculine version. And so I'm seeing through the Russellian cosmology, hydrogen is all that there really is from the sun. The sun is all that there really is and everything. So, so really this breadth of what the, the primary waters um, deep in the magma through the olivine crystal is it's a crystalline process that the, the hydrogen actually comes out of oxygen. You know, that that breath is really, and again, the heart is in the center of the lungs. It's the same thing, um, but the water's really created. That's what that OH is, is it's really coming out of this form, but again, through that breath. Um, yeah. yeah, and so. In that I, sense, with like the law of correspondence and stuff, we are literally generating this water with every breath intake and outtake, life and death, you know, as Walter Russell talks and, uh, about. It would be a great discussion, you know, as far as getting into the law of the air, because I, I really relate to that. And when you look at it, as far as the elements, you know, the air is that nitrogenous element. And uh, what it does is it creates a coagulation, you know, from the fire or the hydrogen, which is the most abundant. And then the next level down, which is a water element, but that coagulation effect of the air element, nitrogen is what in fact creates a fermentation and the manufacture of water in the upper atmosphere, and, and I believe also within the earth as well. So um, yeah, that there's a, boy, that goes uh, deep in more ways than one. I think we could talk a long time about that, but I'm glad you, uh, I'm glad you commented on that. Yeah. Well, do, you, do you know magic squares by any chance? Um, because that's something that in terms of the nitrogen cycle, this uh, the CHNO um, that I see is really a, a center center player and all this as it relates to again these 90 degree phase angles between the z which is the zenith and the n um and when those yeah. are those are collapsed they they create the x in the middle of the box and this is something i see is really important uh because again nitrogen the nitrogen cycle is really instrumental to all growth yeah and that's what in the in that whole process cannot get too deep in it but it's what creates the ammonia compounds that then when you study those and you find those compounds in all the glaciers of the world and primary water sources, you know, pieces start to add up as far as uh, understanding what's going on in the first place. So um, I'd like to go back if uh, with either one, if you don't mind, just the role between the, the light water and, and the Brown's gas and then also George's machine that, uh, you know, he's... Uh, uh, teasing us that he's going to have some modifications. You can already do it with the torch, but uh, he's going to have some modifications where we can do the deuterium depleted water at the same time. Um, so can you help us understand a little bit as far as how using both of those would actually be better than just one or the other alone? I know it's a little bit more technical, but just, or, or from any perspective you might have on it. Because yeah. I'm trying to wrap my mind around a lot of stuff as well. Personally, I, I kind of see them all as analogs, right? Because mm -hmm. um, really there's only one thing and mm -hmm. uh, a big mm -hmm. part of um, what we all need to understand is how we look at things in terms of perspective. Um, mm -hmm. 
because you can take these forms like, like this and you see different things, right? Depending on, on how it's rotated, because this is fundamentally where fire letter comes in. Um, but you see different things, whether you're looking at it through the Star of David or through which I call the nine or the seven. Um, so just start looking at things with fresh eyes because I really do think a big part of what we're here to do is um, to let go of the beliefs and remember because everybody really all, already knows all of this stuff in their heart. The water really knows it all. And it's just a matter of um, letting go of everything, you know, um, or, or just losing detachment with everything. You don't let go of it, um, but you don't look at it with half-truth because I think that, that all, even in the alternative communities, a lot of people are still looking at things with half-truths. And that's important that you have to look at it with something. And if that's all you have is beliefs, but if you can put those beliefs into perspective in terms of where did you get it, right? Um, have you ever really looked into it? That kind of stuff and questioning, why do I believe this? Um, I think that that's really important for us moving forward. And also to get rid of the complexities, right? Because a lot of my work is really showing profound simplicity um, and beauty in creation that is not the distorted versions that we get from Quackademia, you know, that's really about all and half truths and control and silos and compartmentalization or what they call expertise. When the truth of it, if it were organic, everybody would know what everybody else is doing because it's all self-referential. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I'm just looking at really that kind of process and getting together with people like you that have that capacity um, to see things differently, you know, to where we can really get to the, the brass tacks of what are we really talking about, you know? And I really do love the Russellian cosmology because I really think that that H that Russell calls the extra H and H2O is the deuterium, um, but also it's everything. And if we can focus on that part of it, and then again, understanding that, that that's kind of the seconds part, um, water is, but the first part comes before water. The, the three, six and nine that Nikola Tesla spoke to um, really is, uh, I'm saying, the magnificence that he speaks to, to, to really get how beautifully simple all of that is. And again, how it relates to um, plasma and magic squares. I don't know if you're, yeah. you're versed in the magic square side of things, but that's really the, the center of where I'm coming from mm -hmm. and understanding uh, orbital mechanics and uh, the magic squares associated with astrology. Um, but more importantly, like that N and uh, something called a tenet magic square which they made a movie after which really gets into deeply into the nature of time um and inversion you know that that's a big part of the inverse square laws is the reality we're in is all based through mirrors and inversions um which has a whole other story there's that so, go ahead please can you imagine you know the reason why we all came together here you know and the importance of of uh, cosmos to be here at this point you know and to explain these things we couldn't do it without each other you know it's not even possible so nine years later after 2012 after the executive summary all of that that appeared and we're saying okay we don't know everything we don't but can you imagine us down at uh, music and sky you know down there discussing this very subject and the importance of it 
and bringing the water up and so on. And I wanted to say something about frequency because, you know, I've known Jim Brown Eagle for 23 years because of this Clear Lake project after I left, you know, um, Hugh Brown and so on and all that. And I, I wondered why what I'm doing there. And, and here's this tribe that sits there, you know, right on top of the mercury mine, the, probably the worst mercury mine in the, world, in the world, you know, because it's right next to a very organic lake and we have to solve that problem. But you can imagine him doing this and most of his relatives died and so on. Most of everybody, I mean, this whole thing, but one thing that kept them together was the dance, was the, the roundhouse. You know, you know, the brown house, like we're talking about the, the ring of fire, you know, it's very similar to what, what held him together and his family now. And so if you talk frequencies, you know, this whole dance of this frequency basically leads to something that we don't yet know, but it, it saved their lives. And we have to uphold that. Now they're trying to take that land away from them. And I'm going, why are we doing this? Here, we had a strong example of what frequency really is, you know, towards the Native Americans, it's, it's inside of us. And we're gonna find out more. I, I think, you know, even if we sit there and two or more gathered, we're gonna do that just by sitting together and going to a place that you've, you're gonna bring us to and we're gonna just, sit there and, and laugh and smile and everything else at each other that we're going to stop all this crazy competition with each other because we know that the earth loves us as is our children clear yeah. lake is such an interesting place you know uh, again as my wife and myself uh, back in the 70s that was our first homesteading experience we're up in the hills around off the 29 and so we go into clear lake because it was a they had a little health food store back then, you know, so we we'd go into town there. And uh, it uh, on one hand, it felt very dark and um, just dead to us. And then on another level, it felt very unique or special in a certain way. Uh, one of the things we learned at one time there, they uh, marched 300 men at a time uh, you know, abreast of each other through the redwood forest, you know, I mean, that's all pretty arid around there, but that was all massive redwood forest. And each one of them would have a syringe and they'd uh, injected into the bark of these old growth redwoods and uh, poison entire forest that way so that they could denude the hillsides and do whatever they want to do after. Then they did, you know, the nonsense with the lakes. And the other thing we're aware of there is the site of massive Indian slaughters at one time, really nasty ones. So um, yeah, it's uh, really been targeted, I'd say, by the by the dark side of the force. Uh, but at the same time, there seems to be something going on there where it is, uh, you know, something special is happening there. And you you folks know more about it than I do. I just had my little brief experience, learned a few things about it, and you know, kind of, uh, you know. You call it the oldest lake in the country and why aren't yeah. we doing something about it? I, yeah. You know, why, you know, we can hardly get enough funding to be able to do the testing we do with GDV cameras and so on, but we, we did it and will people listen? 
yeah. we need more we need all hands on deck for that kind mm -hmm. of so i i think i think it's really important for us to understand that california be, being as it's closer to the earth's magma we have to uphold that reasoning for shifts and changes in the world because that's what we always said that california would be the place that it would be able to do that because we're all in for change and and that's what we need change and of course we got mercury or deuterium or you know uh, we have to solve this problem mm -hmm. you know, I'd, I'd like to speak to the the whole heart side of things in the, the ring of fire and really because again that's really where i'm i'm focused on is the right. heart is everything but the ring of fire in Hawaii, and and uh, I'm really big on synchronicity and coincidence too. That Jim is actually Hawaiian, and to get the heart that the Hawaii is the the heart of the heart chakra of the planet, the ring of fire is also a geometric term to get that that this is really Earth, you know, um, that it's a, a cube in in sacred terms. Um, to, to, to help other people, like with heart math, knowing there's a reason why math is in heart math, right, is that, that it's the numbers, but that's really what we're all here to, to focus on is um, coherence, right, and the physics of love, which is um, sympathetic resonance. So when we're talking about frequency, really, it's just that, that unification feeling through the color of emotion and the green, um, that, that I see, and again, you know, that's what Hawaii, the green stone, really speaking to um, what we're here to do as it relates to just coming together, you know, and, and again, love, love is the unconditional love is all that really exists, um, but that, that essence is polarized, and this is the nature and existential terms of this reality, um, is there's, we're here to choose, right, and you can't choose from one, that's why you have to have two and uh that's duality fundamentally but centered in the heart and that's the key of the whole polarization is understanding that when a polarization is created that third entity is automatic in the center um you have to imagine it but by imagining that you then create two new centers then by imagining those you create four new centers right and to really get that um, octave expansion of perception, I think, is uh, a really fundamental key. Of, uh, this is where infinity comes from, because there's an infinite number of points between uh, two ends of a line. So, you know, the last meeting, and I just want to say this with, with, with George um, Wiseman, we had, you know, a few weeks ago, I, I guess he's out of town now, and his, his parents had died, and he went to... Ah. He's, he's gone and he's coming back on the first, okay? So then we're gonna have another meeting with him, but you know, we have sent him from the East Coast, we sent him what what these Uruguay Indian people, I call them the Uruguay Indian people, that have studied the Moses from the Bible, the, the tincture or the uh, anointing oil. And uh, he has perfected enough you know where he could send it over to to um, to George, and he would work on trans transferring that that same frequency over to other water. You know, 
So it costs too much money to, to actually create that tincture. And so now we're in a position of, of putting that, those dots together because we finally, 26 years later, we finally found out that you can transfer that, that over to other waters. In other words, he put orange juice in, in one, in one vest and then in another vest and they both tasted like orange juice. So I said, well, let's just put the dots together. Let's just take this, what we learned from the Moses formula that's in the Bible and put it in there. If it costs too much to do that, we'll just give it to George and he could transfer it over. And so that's just an idea that we have. But the thing is, we might as well try it and do it. And so we sent that over to him. And now we're in the position to say, well, whenever he gets back next week, we'll be able to, he'll be able to work on that and see if he can transfer that formula over to another water. What does that mean for people? What does that mean for all of us? You know, conscious, if it's consciousness that we're trying to change and we can't bully people into doing these things, we, we just, we just say, hey, listen, we'll just do it ourselves. And we'll just change this ourselves. If that's where we're here, Clearwater Vision, we're just trying to do that. We don't have to tell the EPA, you know, we forget that, you know, <laughs> we'll just change it in the air. I mean, is this a, is not a stupid idea if we, when we come together to realize that frequency that we have, a, a good frequency will actually make it, make a shift and change for this reasons, you know? What's exciting to me about this too, is like working in, um, you know, decentralized digital tech, we're trying to reimagine how we can send data across the ethers and through across and using this sort of frequency where we can embed information and send it where we're not using harmful, you know, electromagnetic frequencies that are damaging to the cellular matrix, but somehow using this so that we can send data through a way that's actually an ag, you know, analogous to health and to, vitality by using this sort of technology is very exciting. And I do think that's the future. Also, you're talking about damming, we damn the rivers to, to create power. How stupid is that, right? Like, you know, in fact, if we could, you know, actually embrace the power of water and what Cosmic's talking about through this pure geometry of form, and then figure out a way to have that generate power, in ways through the field, through the ethers or whatnot, that's the future too. So everything is all the solutions are right in front of us if we just start to respect the divine sort of sacred nature of what consci our consciousness is related to the water. All of creation is yearning for the redemption of man. You know, I mean, this is really it. We're, we can't just force feed people, you know, the things. We just do it from frequencies, our own frequencies and, and the right frequencies, which are in our heart. And, and that's what seems to be happening. You know, we're, I'm just Mr. Magooing it all the way, you know. <laughs> That's the only way we can do it because we can't know everything that we, we, we search to do. We're just instruments. That's it. And who wants to try to know everything in the first place? That would kind of spoil the discovery adventure. Yeah. That's impossible in my opinion. You know, when you, you get to this point, um, this is when you know you don't know anything, right? And to really embrace that too, because when you already know your cup is already full, you know, you can't learn. And that's a big problem I see with a lot of people 
again, speaking to the, the, the paradigm of peer review that they think because they gave all their power to authority that, that um, it's all known. And the reality is, is they built those dams for a reason, you know, maybe not the people that built them, but the underlying uh, essence of, uh, if you want to call it evil, and I just see evil as uh, the mirror of live, right? To really get the nature of this existence. Um, all of that is, is by design. All of the solutions already exist. They've been hiding them through the patent system, thousands of patents. So we don't really need to, we just need to come together and know yeah. that um, we're whole. You know, I really think that yeah. that's a big part of it. And before we uh, started recording today, we were having a little discussion uh, about the elders since uh, we're in similar demographic uh, uh, groups. And, uh, you know, the thing I really enjoy about the uh, so-called aging process is that, you know, you do have a lot of life experience, which tends to kind of beat the bejesus out of your ego and humble you along the way. So, you, um, you know, you do get to enjoy that experience, but then lose all the personal attachments. And, you know, at this point in my life with all the this stuff I've gone through and thought I was learning along the way, which now I consider most of it a bunch of BS, um, you know, I feel like, wow, I'm almost in a point where I can start learning now, you know, but learning in a totally different way, you know, not in an academic or a cerebral way. It's just really, you know, uh, you know, you're talking about the heart. Of course, the heart is that most neurologically complex of our organs. It's the only one that's capable of just receiving that higher logic. And then if you look at the geometry of the, you know, what we might loosely call the chakra, the heart, that same number of petals is duplicated in the uh, third eye, the, you know, the pineal chakra, uh, you know, at the center of uh, a greater number of petals. So, and then of course, in the ascended master circles, it was all about the unification of the heart and the mind and their salutation, you know, was with each other is, is about acknowledging that. So um, yeah, it's all about the heart and, uh, and, uh, and brings us back to the discussion of the day, which is water is the heart of everything. It's the greatest memory recording device, uh, you know, on the planet. Homeopaths know that very well. And uh, we can transfer any kind of information to each other between substances, um, you know, for any purpose we want, just with the medium of water. It's just a marvelous thing. So... Um, can I share this one more? Please, please. Can I share this? Uh, this is a this rock here, you know, which uh, we were Chris and I were talking, or Cosmos and I were talking about. You notice it's green and, and so yeah. on. I, I carried it along because my mentor, who is close to Yogananda, he, he wore it for um, for forty of his years. He he. He wore this and he was he gave it to me and um i didn't know what it was not until i saw chris or cosmos so chris can you explain this because this is he he noticed noticed that this was primary water can you explain this for us yeah well it's essentially the that tenant tenant square um 555 hertz the color green um understanding the hands and this sounds crazy i know but the hands um with the heart in the center right and it's all about five fundamentally to but but again you know the fine structure constant um 
is all related to this. Uh, that's what's in that that tenant magic square that um, really we're binding, and it's all about binding right down to the law and everything, uh, binding energies, you know. So I'll, I'll bring it with me to uh, music in the sky. So yeah. I yeah. love it. The, the wonderful thing to to know these things many years after I was receiving it. So thank you. Thank you all. So mm. Such a powerful discussion. I think it's opening up so many other channels of insights and uh, investigation. I think this is the science of the future. I know it is. And the more that we can come together, as you were saying, Russell, and put our heads together, two or more gathered together, we will, um, we are manifesting the future already right now. That is so exciting to see, um, especially as someone who works in digital technology, because I do see the decentralized digital technology as a bridge back towards the analog technology that we embody, right? Um, and when we do this the right way, we won't need the digital technology of the future. It's great right now, we're using it to connect but in the future, we'll probably be in some sort of like water plasma screen or something we're looking at if we even need. I mean, we'll all be psychically connected, but maybe that'll be the next step, right? Literally like out of a Disney cartoon where the the, the wizard or whatnot's looking in the pool. Um, I'd like so. to be on a waiting list for one of those. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm, I'm of the opinion that the only limitation for all of us really is our imagination. If you can imagine it, we can create it, but we're in a collective dream here and we have to do that together. But there really is, and in terms of science and everything, you know, that if you can imagine it, there's some reality because it is eternal and infinite where that imagining, um, and it's all again, related to imaginary numbers um, to get where the, the spin comes from, um, that there is no, and we already know it all, really. This is just a process of forgetting, really, of everything, all of the beliefs. That the lie in belief is there for a reason, you know, that we're here to, at this point, to um, really get out of the way of spirit. Because that's a big part of my process, um, is I don't know any of this. This is something that's very intuitive. And it's that, that um, state of awareness that's really just getting out of the way of center and understanding whenever we're in a creative mode that that what's painting the painting really isn't this consciousness. It really is your higher self. And when it's doing that, it's actually encoding it um, in fractal form at all levels of consciousness with information. Because this is my process, as I call myself a noetic archaeologist. I get really old dance, music, art, and, and you see things their messages in bottles through time, really, because time is, is a, a ring. And so we already won because we wouldn't be here if we hadn't, you know? Um, and I think that that's an important aspect of. Yeah, I, I yeah. think we're protected. I think, you know, the people like ourselves are protected. And we always, I had other people that stood around and said, you know, the Guido will come at your door any moment or something. <laughs> and basically, we're we made it through this because we've been protected by uh, angles or the you know or the saints and sages of, of yesteryear they know about us they they know we're doing this they, they know that we've struggled all of our lives to be able to be here and we're only here for the next generations and i'm really happy mm. with all of you you know amazing
the only possible portal they would have uh, within our worlds is what we care to open up to them by um, being on that same level of consciousness. Otherwise, they can't access us. So if we're um, engaged in what we've been talking about, just as far as solution and spirit and just being open, uh, you know, to the the true intentions of uh, of the of the creator, then that is protection in and of itself. So anything contrary is is really not a logical thing to entertain unless you want, you know, uh, getting hot water and and drama and everything. But thanks, uh, I think a lot of us have already had enough of that. We're done. Hmm. Um, this has been such an amazing conversation, and thank you again, gentlemen, uh, both so much. But uh, any final thoughts from either of you, uh, you know, as far as things you'd like to just mention that we haven't, uh, any topics you'd like to cover before we wrap it up? Well, I'd just like to say for your audience, you know, um, that are going to be attending Music and Sky, the interactive um, venue that we're, we're planning to come with questions, you know, because that's really, the questions are so much more important than any answers that we might give, because again, it engages the imagination where the answers are mind space, you know, but the questions are really coming from that, that creative space. Um, so yeah, let's explore this. The for, the format for that too is, is a Q and a sort of back and forth will be around the grand fire. Like I said, on the first night, well, that's interesting, right? The element of fire being played with. Water. Oh, absolutely. A ring of fire too. It's a, literally a ring of fire we'll be yeah. talking at, and um, we will have a mic to pass around for people to ask questions. Um, I'm sure people will, will have some pragmatic questions, like how can they access primary water on their land uh, to the more, uh, you know, sort of spiritual stuff. So I'm very, very excited about that. Guys, go to clearwatervision.org. Check it out. It looks like you guys have integrated some uh, Buddy Boss. So you have a, um, a, a sort of membership uh, community platform now, which is what we are exactly launching on Alpha Vedic soon, which is really cool. Uh, so check out clearwatervision.org for that. Uh, and uh, any other uh, places where people can find you guys. Uh, I know you will be speaking at the Emoto Institute's World Water Festival or whatnot. Uh, that's coming right after Music and Sky. Uh, any place else or any other things that uh, our audience should know about Russell and Cosmic? I want to clarify the the um, World Water Festival is actually there's a day lag. So there is going to be overlap. Um, so oh. I think that it's important that we we acknowledge that at the event. And uh, really, because I, I, I see a connection between the two, again, because the Ring of Fire, Clear Lake and Japan is on the other side of the Ring of Fire. Um, that all of this, you know, really... The East and the West element in metaphysical terms is that unification is really important. Emoto, the Emoto group really wants to connect with us or with with you people as well. So I mean, we're all we're all into this. And so I think the most important thing is that we find ways. We might have to leave a little earlier or something like that, but if you know, we'll find a way to connect to them because Good all by computers anyway. And, but I, I just want to say one thing. Um, forgiveness is probably the most powerful thing that we can do right now. And I noticed that throughout the years, you know, being with uh, these Native Americans and being so angry with America, 
you know, for the white people that basically brought something that they were addicted to. So I'm, I'm really saying that forgiveness is probably the most powerful thing we can do. And that's why we're, we're coming together. I believe that that's so much more important. And the quote from what they said, Jesus said is, forgive them for they know not what they do is, you know, it's absolutely true because, you know, if they knew what they, what they were doing was, was not the right thing, they wouldn't be doing it. So um, we're, this is what we're trying to make sure that we don't go off the deep end and do the blame game stuff. And that's where you guys come in. You're, you're really powerful here. You're, I can feel it in your soul. And so thank you for being here. Well, thank you very much. That's very kind. And uh, I love the prophecy about the return of the rainbow children who would be the, you know, re-embodied spirits from all the peoples of the world. So who's to say what roles we played, what skins we jumped into in the past. And uh, boy, you're absolutely right. It's all about forgiveness. And that's the only thing that can heal us. And also, I'd like to extend uh, an invitation to both of you up here. We're not that far away. And if you want to see some magnificent water, uh, we've got it squirting out of the hillsides all over the place. You know, it comes out of miles of bedrock. Mike's over there on the main fork of the uh, Smith River, which is gorgeous. And then we're up in a remote river canyon off grid in the South Fork. And the South Fork here, a lot of the river actually comes from subterranean. You know, we're surrounded by mountains, so we get a lot of water from all sources, but uh, primarily from a subterranean source. And boy, when you uh, jump in that river down there, you know something special is happening. Uh, yeah. Boy, yeah. So please, please uh, take us up and uh, come stay. We've got plenty of room for you, and uh, it'd be fun to have you up here. Awesome. I'll bring my guitar. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Great. I'm honored, gentlemen. Thank you very much. And uh, definitely, Russell, bring your guitar to Music and Sky because there's a lot of fun jam sessions that go down. So, uh, yeah. Uh, background, you know, all these young people doing all this rock and roll stuff. <laughs> well, I tell you what, the, the beautiful thing about Music and Sky is it's probably one of the most diverse audiences, uh, attendees uh, I've ever been at in an event. We have people from six months old, really three months old in their 80s. So uh, it's uh, people that come with the common ground of freedom and truth and love. And uh, so you will love it because there'll be some people jamming out some great 60s rock, I uh, guarantee it, and uh, which is some of my favorite stuff. And uh, I know Bear has roots in that too. So yeah, bring your guitar and we'll jam out around the fire. I can't wait for that. Guys, if you, uh, if you were resonating with this conversation, please give us a thumbs up, share with your friends and family. It really helps us get this information out. Uh, definitely uh, this talk, especially share with your friends and family. I think people really need to hear this because that's how the consciousness expands. And uh, we will uh, be seeing Russell and Cosmic in three weeks at Music and Sky. Check out musicandsky.com to get your tickets today. Use the code ALPHAVEDIC to get $50 off. Once again, this is a family-friendly event. So feel free to bring your entire family. Uh, it's something for everybody. And uh, we appreciate you guys so much. Clearwatervision.org is the place to go. Also, if you guys are interested in knowing more about the... Um, the Emoto Water uh, uh, World Water Festival. You can go to worldwaterfestival.net 
And if you go forward slash English, that is the English version. So check that out and go support that. Veda Austin's a dear friend of ours. She's been uh, heavily involved with that as well as I know, I think Jerry Pollock's involved with that uh, and a number of really powerful people. So uh, thanks you guys so much. Remember to get your get outside, get your feet dirty in the, in the dirt, go ground yourself, go, get, go plant something, go for a hike. Really is the best way to, to get connected on the daily and go for a swim. I'm taking my kids surfing this afternoon, my new favorite hobby. And I love it because there's no better way to just get in the water every day. And uh, I know, Bear, that's uh, something that's dear to your heart as well. So uh, we're actually, Bear, is in the Telegram of late, people have been talking about an, an, elf, an annual alphabetic surf camp or surf trip, surf uh, uh, powwow. So that might have to be in the works now, too, as well. So, okay, guys, uh, love you all. And we will see you next week, regular time. Take care. Love you.